Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo, what's up, Panther fam? Tony Dunn here. C3 Beat Jack. Brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. The C3 Panthers podcast, longest-running Panthers podcast each and every week. Tony Dunn, Cody Lashney put their ears down to the railroad tracks, to the ground, trying to check the beat. We got a good show tonight. So we hang out with uh, Buck What You Heard. My boy Gene Thomas going to be here to help us preview the top storylines as the Panthers host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cody Lashney, my friend, my foe. How are you, my sir, my good sir? Tony Dunn, we're back for another edition of the Beat Check, where we check the beat with Panthers reporters and podcasters from all different fan bases. We have a fantastic guest tonight. Long-time fan of the show and a contributor to the show. Has his own podcast called Buck What You Heard. Let's bring him in. You know him. You love him. How are you, Gene? Good to have you back on another edition of the C3 Podcast. What's up, brother? Hey, it's always fun to be on here. I love hanging out with you guys, man. I love your content. Uh, actually, I, I listen to you guys on Tuesdays. So my rotation. Nice. Man, we appreciate it. I tell you, Gene's got the best podcast name in the history of podcasts. Buck what you heard. Good Lord, I tell you this is that, uh, you know, you wonder what you would name your podcast if you could go back after doing it for 10 years. And the C3 Panthers podcast was, you know, like, we, I mean, we started with Carolina Cat Chronicles. I was yeah. worried about using the Carolina Panthers in the name. This was back, you know, we're all going on the internet. We're kind of like, touching these big ass companies and i was worried that territory yeah i was worried about their you know what their legal department would say so they were trying to get something in the realm of it 
this and that. But I tell you, if there's one podcast that could go back in time and redo their name, who would not redo it? It would be Buck What You Heard. I'm telling you, it's the best. It's the best. G Man, my brother, uh, host of the and co host of Southbound and Down when we used to run that. Might have to run that back at NFC South Focus Podcast Roundtable style, uh, a podcast ahead of its time. But the yeah. Carolina Panthers um, will be hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were shut out, right? Yep. Shut out. Was that the third, only the third shutout of Tom Brady's uh, career? I Tom believe. Brady's career. Can you yeah. believe that? That's insane. Um, tell us what happened uh, to the Bucks. Um, they just didn't execute. Uh, there was there were injuries. I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse, but uh, it's supposed to be next man up. You know, you're in the NFL. You should be uh, able to go out there and play. Um, there's enough blame to go around for for everything. You know, I, I felt like coaching. Uh, wasn't as creative as it could have been. Um, you know, there were a couple of turnovers, uh, fumble and an interception, and it, it just, it just collectively, there was a lot of stuff going on. And um, I do want to throw this out here. Snoop Dogg was in the building, and I think he jinxed us. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on that hill right there. So, leave it at that. <laughs> I agree. I don't know why, but I agree. I agree. Uh, but also to to go off that. The listen, man, there is definitely something to be said. No matter how good your football team is, it is always tried and true that division rivals play you tough, man. Yeah. And ever since Tom Brady has been a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints, man, even with all their roster turnaround, for whatever reason, they seem to have Tampa Bay's number. Why do you think that is? Was it just because of the injuries and all the talent? Uh you guys were missing or are they actually doing something specific to kind of slow down the offense? I think it's been since Sean Payton has been in Tampa or been in new Orleans. Uh, it's been a problem and they, uh, the bucks have just not been able to consistently uh, beat the new Orleans saints. And it's just, it is what it is. I mean, uh, if you go back to the NFC North division, when the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers played the Chicago bears, it was a very similar situation where it's just one of those things. You just, they Bucks could not beat Chicago, regardless of how trash their team was. Uh, just it just is how it, it worked out. And you, you got to factor in here that um, Sean Payton wasn't was out with COVID, and uh, you don't even have a starting uh, legit starting wide receiver. Or you know, it, it, there's a lot that the Bucks could have capitalized on, but they just didn't do it. And again, like I, like I said, it comes back to coaching execution. And, uh, you know, just being able to make those plays that they didn't really do. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that they need to look at. You're listening to the C3 Beat Check. This week, our guest helping us preview the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Carolina Panthers is Gene Thomas, longtime friend of the show. My brother, Buck What You Heard podcast, man, Leonard Fournette out. Yep. For the rest well, of the season, and now we're talking about uh, the signing of Le'Veon Bell. Of course, could there have been a different name that the Bucks have signed? Maybe, well, I guess Adrian Peterson was taken. Um, who else can you go find? Man, why don't y'all bring some old... You should have gotten Ty Gurley. <laughs> you know, and I love that, Ty Gurley, so no yeah. Ty Gurley slander on this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I I know that's that's been since day one since he uh, entered the NFL. No, yeah. um, 
you know, I, I guess it makes sense. Uh, you know, with Le'Veon Bell, I think him being able to pass block and him being able to uh, catch passes is uh, a couple of contributing factors for them grabbing him. I know his best years are behind him, and I'm just wondering, you know, you know what else, what else this could, you know, you know who else could have been out there. I I just can't think of anybody really, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, you guys were really missing a lot of players, but you're you're going to have uh, Antonio Brown coming back. What do you think? Um, let's start to get into this matchup a little bit. I was talking to you a little bit before the show. And, you know, I, I was telling you I wish that this was a more competitive matchup or that we could predict it to be a more competitive matchup. What what kind of team do you think you have coming off of that loss? Do you think there is a chip on your shoulder, on the Buccaneers' shoulder going into this Panthers game? I mean, especially since they're still fighting to maintain and get to that number one seed. Well, uh, you, uh, you have to consider you, you've lost Mike Evans uh, until the, the first round of the playoffs. You lost uh, Chris Godwin for the season. You've lost um, Leonard Fournette and Levante David. So uh, you, you've lost quite a few key players on, on both sides of the ball that, you know, really contribute to this team. Uh, again, it comes back to coaching and how will, how will these coaches uh, put together what they need to to uh, make things work out? Uh, that's going to be the, the key right there. Uh, if you give me one second, I need to – let somebody in real quick and I'll it's okay it's okay go on uh here let's continue on as he's talking as he's going and letting his guest in he's got to let somebody into his house don't ever let somebody in your house while you're podcasting folks yeah um what are we i think we gotta i mean obviously we're trying to preview this matchup but let's go ahead and jump over to the carolina panthers beat right while he's gone yeah well I mean, there, I, I, there's I one story we, there's only one yeah. story to talk about to and you talk told about. me i thought you were bullshitting me i thought you were bullshitting me tell me what is the only story that we should talk about be talking about tonight when it comes to carolina panthers the only story that we should truly be talking about tonight is that our man the best defensive player on the carolina panthers hassan reddick got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. He is not going to the Pro Bowl. And not only is he not going, but his teammate on the other side of the defensive line is going to the Pro Bowl. Brian Burns has been named a Pro Bowl defensive end. Hassan Reddick got snubbed. And Tony, in one of the Debate My Take segments that we did, I said Hassan Reddick was the only Panther deserving to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not trying to take to the anything. Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah, to the Pro no, Bowl. No, no not, Panther is I'm deserving I'm not trying to, go to take to anything away from Brian Burns, but man, how many times have we talked about him missing, uh, you know, a bunch of different sacks, not wrapping up, not being able to maintain, contain. Uh, I mean, it really is kind of baffling that this has happened. Um, and that it happened the way it did. I think Hassan Reddick got snubbed. I mean, ultimately, I am happy for Brian Burns, but I don't know, Tony. This is a, this is a tough one to swallow. Surprising, surprising headline for me. Um, number one is that uh, I think the expectations for Brian Burns 
were so inflated this year that the nine sack season, which is somewhat product is particularly productive. There's a 17 game scene. We're getting an extra game this year. So, I mean, what is he? He got nine sacks through 15 games roughly or something like that, or 14 games. Um, it's been, it's been pretty good. He's made some plays. He has not, if for someone who has uh, looked very, very closely at him, like we have, right, watching him under a microscope or a magnifying glass, there are a lot of plays that um, were left out on the field. But at the end of the day, I don't think him getting into the Pro Bowl is that problematic for me. The real problem, though, is that Hassan Reddick is an alternate when Hassan Reddick's been not only the best player on the Carolina Panthers defense but arguably the best panther player entire like for the whole season a man who's came in on a friendly deal and you know i almost thought it was slightly i kind of looked down a little like i when hassan reddick was pumping up his own pro bowl tweet so much i hadn't seen a player root for himself so publicly before and he wasn't doing it in a mean or greedy way. It was just like he was happy and very excited to go to this Pro Bowl. And then, yeah. um, and he really wanted it. And he I was don't know on if it, Twitter campaigning. Yeah, hard. I mean, he was campaigning, but it wasn't in a, it was like an honest campaign. So uh, I just hadn't seen a player campaign like that so heavily in my history with the Carolina Panthers. Maybe j- he deserves, he got, how he got snubbed, I don't know. And obviously it wasn't through fan voting because he was leading the fan votes unless big market teams just all of a sudden got up there on the last second on that double vote day. Right. Um, but that is the problem is Hassan Rennick not being a starter, Brian Burns being a starter. And I really kind of feel like it's almost a little shade on Brian Burns, to be honest. Like when he walks into that meeting room and the defensive players are all around and he's like, I'm going to the Pro Bowl. Everybody's like, uh, Reddick should have been the one. Reddick should have been the one. So that's the big storyline. We'll circle back to the Matt Rule recap. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that Karen Jordan's in there. Uh, well, we're, we're going to circle back to the Matt Rule recant storyline. Cody, take us back to the Bucks. Gene from Buck, what you heard here, helping us check out the Panthers beat. Yeah, how? So the question I want to ask you is, how is your edge looking? The the edges of your defensive line, because we have Brady Christensen, a guy that we started, uh, we drafted in the third round uh, of the draft this year, and we've been begging him to play left tackle, but Matt Rule refuses to do it. One of the things that we've had to find out the hard way, Gene is that Matt Rule does still have that Ron Rivera syndrome, and in that he doesn't want to play his young players, even in spite of his offensive line being so terrible. But it's looking like Brady Christensen is going to get the start at left tackle this week because of injuries to Cam Irving. What do you think, does that bode well for a rookie? What does your edge pressure look like? And do you overall think that your defense is poised to kind of pin their ears back and attack yeah uh i really do uh joe tryon sharinka the your uh rookie one of your rookie edge rushers um shaq barrett and of course jpp uh all guys that can uh you know wreak havoc on a on an offensive line 
uh, I think with what happened last week, I think that this team is like, they're really, you know, they're looking to redeem themselves this week. So uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how the, the two match up against each other. Uh, I, I do, I do trust uh, the defense, especially the defensive line. Uh, you know, when you're looking at uh, Vita Vea and uh, Will Golston and, and some of your other uh, defensive linemen, as well as your edge rushers, uh, I, I think that, you know, it, it could be, you know, it could be present problems for that Carolina offensive line. Yeah. Go ahead, what are your thoughts on, uh, what are your thoughts on Antonio Brown coming back and um, Bruce Arians? unapologetically saying uh, I just want to do what's best for the Bucks," which I kind of like to be well, honest because yeah. that's what everybody does anyway so you might as well just say it well this is kind of and, and again he's he served his time and I'm, I'm gonna start there he was suspended he he served his time uh, he is actually vaccinated by the way just FYI of course everybody who goes anti-vax and then makes a stand and gets caught for it and whatever it is, they all end up getting vaxxed. Yeah. Cam, I, I think, I think, I think Cole was, Beasley is the only one. Who was, was, before, before all this came out where, where his cook snitched on him or whatever you want to call it. Oh, he's a snitch. Yeah. And I just was, I'm trying to read about this settlement he reached. So my, my guy, you know, and now he's like, Oh, we're, we're fine. Now he paid me back. We're, we're good now. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, well, let me kind of take a step back. The media media in Tampa, (laughs) the media in Tampa is just like, you know, they they don't care. They just if it's a story they're they're out. They're trying to out scoop each other. So uh, the guy that the guy that broke the story, I ain't going to drop his name. But, you know, he's going off of this unreliable source of an angry cook that, you know, put the story out. I guess it was there was truth to it. Or the most reliable source, yeah. dude. And man, he was, you know, not uh, unreliable. Come on now. If Antonio you're, Brown you're, uh, doing a personal chef wrong on the bill. That does not sound absurd at all. Bro, that sounds like you owe me norm. $20. I'm going to throw a little bit of shade your way. If, if it's been 10 a while. Grand. Jay owed him 10 grand. I'm just saying, even even a small scale like $20, you owe, you owe me some money and you're not even intent on paying me. Throw a little bit of shade your way. I might. I mean, I'll be talking about your eBay account and how you bought a fake vaccine card myself. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, when I get to my contacts, you know, I'm gonna have how much you owe me right next to your name on the contact. I know, like your uh, your Twitter handle won't be re-signed, uh, Chris Godwin. It'll be like Antonio Brown owes me five k. That'd be my Twitter. <laughs> Tony Dunn owes me twenty dollars. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. All right, so Antonio Brown does he? I mean, but is necessary, right? I mean, you need him right now. And uh, how bad do you got to feel for Chris Godwin? Yeah, this is why you don't want to play on the fucking franchise tag, right? Yeah, isn't he on the franchise? Yep. And it's a contract. This is a contract year. You know what? No, he was no Shaq Barrett is. He was he was on a. Um, Did he take here. a team friendly deal? I thought yeah. Shaq took the frame team friendly deal no, this Shaq year. I don't know. Team friendly and it was Godwin. You're right. So so um, yeah. And Tom Brady likes Godwin too. Yeah. I think. 
but you got to consider this guy just blocks. He can, he can block downfield. Uh, he's got nice hands. You know, he's a, he's your slot guy. And, um, you know, he, he just does a lot of the intangibles that you want a wide receiver to do, you know, and, uh, he's pretty reliable. I mean, when they're throwing the bubble screens and they're getting that speed in space, you know, on those, on those short passes, I mean, he was the main guy that they were going to that, you know, I, I guess you look at the scheme for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's one of the main people that they manufacture plays for, if that makes sense. Whether you're you're running an end around or you're, you know, the bubble screen to get open and, you know, that's just plays like that. They were, you know, specifically for Chris Godwin. My qu- next question goes to um, it's kind of a arching question. Last year, um, the Buccaneers, you bring in, the, you know, you got Tom Brady there, um, some kind of a slow, st- sort of slow start, yeah. but there was a loss, and it might have been the Saints game. I'm not entirely sure if it was the Saints game, but it felt like it was around like eight, between eight week eight and ten. There was a loss the Bucks encountered, and then they just reeled off and went from a wild card team to like being a, or like to being a dominant team, it felt like. It was, it was the Rams game. It was probably the Rams game. And then week 12, uh, that Kansas City game uh, was a game that uh, kind of was a difference maker. Then they went into the bye week. So you galvanized. Yeah, you kind of caught this momentum point and got galvanized into a tough, hard team. Right. There's a couple of times this season I thought that that was happening again. Uh, it was a month ago. Mm. It was two weeks ago. Now you suffer this um, blanking by the Saints who Tom Brady can't beat the Saints. How about that? They're like the opposite of the Dolphins for him. They're the opposite of the Jets. Um, He can't beat the Saints under any circumstances, it feels like. Except for the playoffs. Except for the playoffs, exactly. Good point. Um, As a team is trying to catch that momentum, a... A, a real heavyweight champion maybe in their twilight years to a certain degree. Do you see this Buccaneers team um, as being as strong as forecasted? Where do you see them going and how do they respond to um, kind of what would arguably be a disappointing season given the fact they still have 10 wins though? Well, uh, you know, I guess the key right now is getting everybody back healthy uh, when you consider the secondary has been in the secondary has been injured all year, you haven't had any of your starters collectively playing together since week one. And, you know, you're, you're instantly, you're always shuffling players in and out uh, that that's been, you know, part of the problem. But again, I'm not using that as an excuse. It's next man up. These guys should be able to go out and execute and, and play like they're supposed to. But what I'm seeing is a lot of these players will be 100% healthy when we get around to the uh, to the playoffs. So uh, I think right now what the Buccaneers are, are really working on doing is, uh, you know, winning some of these games. The last three games they have, I think it's the Panthers, the Jets, and then the Panthers again, the Panthers at home. So uh, it it's one of those things you got to take it one game at a time and, you know, execute and do what you need to do to, to win these games. So, Gene, uh, when you were going to answer your door, Tony and I were talking about some Pro Bowl stuff for the Panthers, and I wanted to kind of turn that question um, around towards Tampa. The Buccaneers Pro Bowlers are Tom Brady, Tristan Wirfs, 
Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, and Shaq Barrett. Is there anyone who should be on that list who isn't? And of those names, are you particularly happy that one of those guys is going to the Pro Bowl? I don't know. I've been kind of jaded with the whole Pro Bowl selection. And I mean, I was listening to you guys talking about it and it's a popularity contest. I think somebody in the chat said it. It's a it's a popularity contest. It doesn't matter. It doesn't measure skill. Uh, There there are players like um, there are places like Levante David, who uh, Levante David should have been to more than one um, Pro Bowl. But it's you know, it's 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 a travesty that it just hasn't happened the way it has. And, uh, you know, Tristan Wirfs is definitely deserving of that. Shaq Barrett. I mean, you could have drafted him. We could have drafted Tristan over. I'm sorry. sorry. And he is he is uh, probably going to be one of the best uh, offensive linemen we've had. We've ever had. I mean, just playing like he's playing right now at the level that he's playing since his rookie season. He really I thought maybe he'd fall off this year, but he's he's been he's been pretty solid. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy with the players that they they have in there. But you go back to it again. Like I said, it's a it's a popularity contest. I don't even watch the Pro Bowl anymore. You're listening to the C3 Beat Check. Uh, We're here with Gene Thomas previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Carolina Panthers game. You can find his work at Buck with, well, on the at Buck, well, the Buck What You Heard podcast. Tell him your Twitter handle. I don't need to say at unless I'm saying it's at Super Heavyweight, right? It's at Buck What You Heard. Oh, you changed? Didn't you used to have Super Heavyweight? Yeah, it was a Super Heavyweight. All right. Okay. But I've actually got what big, you I've heard. I, to- now, I so. told you good podcast name. All right. Where is the vulnerability for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team? Because I could list you like a hundred vulnerabilities for the Carolina Panthers team. What are the vulnerabilities for a team like the Panthers who have every person on their squad and every person on their coaching staff, hoping that they have a paycheck next week, next year. How do they attack your team? Um, stopping the run uh if, if if it's me i'm stopping the run and uh basically if you can shut down your your wide receiver your number one wide receiver uh you definitely have a chance to uh let your defensive line pin their ears and and get after the quarterback uh, and we do know that tom brady's not mobile but but again you know uh you got to get past that that uh offensive line uh donovan smith ali marpet Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Alex Kappa, and and those guys, you know, they've done a great job keeping uh, Brady upright, but he can be gotten to, as we've seen last week with the uh, New Orleans Saints. How was New Orleans able to do it? And then after you answer that, tell us a rundown of the injuries that were sustained in that game and the face in this team right now, because it is abundant. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, just, uh, the, the play calling was really good. I mean, they, they came after Tom Brady and they were able to keep pressure on him and, and keep some, you know, keep a hand in his face. And it just made it difficult for him to, to get those throws off. Um, and, and another thing, you know, you, when you lose a Leonard Fournette and you're using Ronald Jones, who Ronald Jones seemed to be doing well, I think he ended up with like 65 yards. They went away from him and went to another running back. So again, that comes back to coaching and play calling. And there were some plays that Tom Brady could have made. You know, we had some drops from the wide receivers. So I can't put everything 
like I said, there's there's enough blame to go around. I'll just put it that way. There's enough blame to go around. But um, it, it is something that is coachable. It is something they can overcome. And, uh, you know, wherever Tom is putting the ball, just make sure you're catching it. You still have uh, players like Gronk. You still have uh, players like Ronald Jones out there. Uh, you will see a Scotty Miller uh, and, and, of course, A.B. So there are players out there, Cameron Bray, that will be able to, to help this offense. What is the injury situation like? So uh, you're looking at uh, Chris Godwin. Is what, didn't it happen a lot in one like quarter against the, in the Saints game or something? That it, it was just like with Mike Evans, Mike Evans is a hamstring injury. So that's soft tissue. Levante David uh, foot injury. I believe that's soft tissue as well. It's not bone. Um, the, the hit on uh, Chris Godwin uh, torn ACL. He's done for the year. And then um, who am I missing? Mike Evans. Did I mention Mike Evans and his hamstring? Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. And uh, I think, I believe he has a foot injury as well. And all these guys, you will definitely see, with the exception of Chris Godwin, uh, when we get around to the playoffs. So, How crazy is it that all of those injuries have happened to this team and Gronk is not one of them? Uh, his was earlier on in the season. So, uh, he, so he's, he's already been through it. Yeah, he's already been through it. And, you know, oddly, I I figured Mike Evans would have would have gotten, you know, a hamstring injury or something like that earlier on in the year. But... um. You know, he's been pretty durable up until this point. Gene, what's this I'm hearing about Le'Veon Bell? Is is that something that could actually happen? It I, I know that, it's already had. He practiced today, dude. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. So what so what do you make of that? Is that is that just because Leonard is is hurt? Do you think he's gonna be able to actually contribute to this football team? I hope so. You know, I, I look back on Shady McCoy when Shady McCoy. Yep, was, that's the name I was thinking of. Was here. He contributed for the uh, Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, and yeah, that was about it. It wasn't all season long, but there were some moments mm-hmm. that he was used. Yeah, and they said, we need you. And his name was called, his number was called, and he answered in those games. Yeah, You got to wonder if Le'Veon... Man, this guy was about to go and fight in the MMA, he said. Yeah, well, it, it still could happen. I mean, you're looking at Giovanni Bernard being healthy for the playoffs, and that's a name we haven't heard because of the injury that he suffered. Uh, but I think that he's a good third down back. He still he still has nice legs, and, you know, they didn't really utilize him as much as I thought they would when they brought him in. But uh, – I think this is just to kind of get him through this three games. I, yeah, you need bodies at this point, yeah, Le'Veon exactly. Bell. And Le'Veon Bell and experience. And you know what? If there's anybody that can make something out of it, it's Tom Brady. Yeah. Is is it Ronald Jones? Is that yeah. his name? Rojo, yeah. What the hell? Why are they so – I mean, boy, he fumbled the ball once earlier in the season. They gave up on him. Is there something there's, behind the scenes? Is he going to get an opportunity to work his way back right now since – Leonard Fournette is out. I don't. He he will be your he will be your starter, but after this season, I don't see him coming back to Tampa. This is just not a good fit for him. Uh, he's a pure runner. He's a running back. He's not catch the ball or any of the other things that you know. I I know that the game has progressed to where running backs are expected to do certain things. Uh, teams like uh, teams like uh, the Ravens, or even you know like Carolina, the Carolina Panthers. 
would would be uh, a, a nice landing spot for him where he could just run. He's a violent runner, and, you know, he moves the sticks. And I think right now where he's at, uh, he's lost confidence because he's not being utilized. I mean, it's, everything's been handed over to Leonard Fournette, and now he's going to get a chance to uh, to show what he can do. And to me, this will be his opportunity to uh, set himself up to land somewhere else. You're listening to the C3 Beat Check. We're here tonight with Gene Thomas from Buck What You Heard podcast, previewing the Carolina Panthers match against or game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're hosting it in Bank of America. But to me, the storylines involve uh, two other teams, one that came into the league or into the NFL with us, uh, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the other is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, the ties to Jacksonville are there. Byron Leftwich has been the offensive coordinator on this staff, and the name and the buzz around him, should he be a head coach, should the Carolina Panthers, if they are looking for a head coach next year, be interested in Byron Leftwich? Uh, it would be Eric Bieniemy for me. I mean, I'm probably in the minority here. I'm not a huge fan of of Byron Leftwich. I don't think he's very creative. Uh, okay. He doesn't make adjustments. Let's hear it. I want to hear it because I think right now it's just a name that – look. and I like Byron Leftwich, so tell us what you think about him. Um, you know, he's been fortunate enough uh, to be in this marriage with Bruce Arians, uh, Tom Brady, and Byron Leftwich, and they all work well together collectively. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of his, you know – when he was in Arizona and hopefully, you know, again, I know people complain about me saying this, but I just wasn't, I don't think he's very creative. And uh, there are times where he doesn't make adjustments in the second half. And, and I think only your good coaches do that. And I'm going to give the devil his due. Uh, Sean Payton is really good at that. Um, uh, Bill Belichick is another coach that's really good at Sean McVay, another coach that's really good at making adjustments and play into the strengths of what, you know, what's best for their players. But, um, you know, when things are working, Byron Lefkowitz calls, he calls some really great games. Uh, the game uh, against the saints was very unimaginative. Uh, there was nothing to, um, throw off the New Orleans saints and, and, and you know, they, they, it was just basically, this is what we're, this is what we're going to do. And there was just a, um, a matching of wills. So again, yeah, I, I understand where people are going with this, but you have to consider that it was a marriage with Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and Tom Brady. It wasn't all Byron Leftwich making the calls. And um, again, I think you got he he needs a little bit longer if you're going to consider him as a coach. Someone in the chat asked this: Who calls the offensive plays uh, for the Bucks, Byron or Brady? I've I've seen both. I've seen times where. Uh, Tom Brady will shake off a call. He'll look over at the sidelines and shake his head and go with something else or audible out of something. So I, I, like I said, it's a marriage between the three. And I think that's the only way that they can, could, could have been successful uh, just based on that. <clears throat> yeah. So let me ask you this going into this matchup, you know, what are you thinking about Tom Brady? Uh, you know, after coming off of that shutout, you know, he, you can tell 
those kind of performances, especially if anyone's been watching Man in the Arena, like he takes those personal. So, I mean, what do you think Tom needs to do to rebound from a performance like that? And, I mean, and you can be honest with us. Do you look at this matchup with the Panthers as a favorable opportunity for him to do so? Um, The Carolina Panthers are coming in facing the defending Super Bowl champions, and they're going to bring their A game. They're going to bring everything. And they're going to play this team, and they're a division rival as well. They're going to play the Buccaneers different than, you know, they played some of your other games. Uh, it's it's going to be a close game because to me, and in, in my opinion, is a division game. And, um, I, and that's, those are my expectations. I think that everybody, when you're the Super Bowl champs, that's the way everybody you're, you've got that target on your back and everybody's coming for you. So that's kind of how I, I look at this and, you know, kind of getting back to Tom Brady, it, it, his, he's got to get some help from his wide receivers. Wide receivers have to get in. They have to catch the ball. If the ball hits your hand, you've got to catch it. And we saw some drops by Gronk, saw some drops by Scotty Miller. These are plays that they're going to have to make. You don't have Chris Godwin. These guys have to step up. The guys, when you, if you're on the field, you've got to step up. You've got to make the play. Tom Brady can't go out there and catch the ball himself. I mean, there have been some throws that, you know, are questionable. But on the other end of that, there have been some throws that were right there. All you got to do is catch it you got a first down and you're extending the play and right. uh, special teams. Uh, you know, when it's your number, when your name is called on Ryan Suckup, one of my favorite kickers, um, he missed a, he missed a three point, uh, three points right there. And then you're, you're operating differently uh, just situational football because you've got three points on the board. So to me, everybody's got to contribute when it's your time. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, are you thinking that this is a squad that can repeat for the Super Bowl? I mean, you know, looking at the landscape of the NFC right now, how do you feel about your team's chances to make it to Los Angeles this year? You know, do, who do you see the the biggest threat to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being going forward this year? As much as I hate this team, it's probably Dallas. Uh, but... Mm. But honestly, uh, I think if you've got everybody healthy and uh, they're all playing as a unit, uh, I I could see Tampa going going into Lambeau and winning again. I could there's a you know, there are a, a lot of things I, I, you know, just looking at this team. If everybody's healthy, even though you're missing Chris Godwin, which is an integral part of your offense, I believe they have enough weapons with Gronk, uh, with Leonard Fournette coming back healthy with Ronald Jones. Um, with Scotty Miller, with Tyler Johnson, AB, and Mike Evans. I mean, you still got a lot of weapons on that offense. And I think with your secondary coming back healthy as well, I think everything kind of comes together at the right time. And I think they could uh, they could definitely make another run at it. When expectations for a team like the Buccaneers who brought back every single player from their Super Bowl team, and like an um, almost unheard of type of event when those expectations loom it's it's tough it's tough to live up to them no matter who you are even with tom brady at the helm if you can name one thing that was the most like pleasantly surprising thing about that right i mean and which i know this is going to be such a hard question given what expectations for this team it, it really seems like it's hard to meet them 
What's one thing that you've liked or been surprised? A good thing about this team to the so far about this season. Well, historically, the Bucks have played a type of football where if they're down, they they're losing that game. And there have been games this season that the Bucks historically would have lost that they've gone out and won. And the mindset's a little bit different. Uh, you know, your front office is different than you know over the past decade and a half. And you know they're they're actually in every game, and we just just haven't seen that. I can remember I remember games where I dreaded seeing the Bucks facing the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton because I knew Cam Newton was going to run all over the defense, and sure enough, he did. And uh, you know those, there there were those types of games, but now with Tom Brady on the field, and I'm like, oh. The Bucks can win this game. There's always a chance. There's like you'd be down 20 with uh, six minutes left, and you go, man, can we get three possessions up in this bitch real quick? <laughs> um, yeah. What's the worst on the – let's flip that coin. What's the most uh, kind of disappointing part of uh, of this uh, season? Probably the, um, the penalties. The penalties and um, missed opportunities. There's a lot of points that were left on the field. Uh, that you know could have led to to wins and execution i mean sometimes the bucks play like it's a preseason game at times where they should be making plays making catches and it's just not happening so um i i think now you're starting to see him kind of bring it all together but uh you know just throughout the year there were a couple of games that you know the washington football team they should have beat them they should have beat them by you know at least two or three touchdowns but you know, it, it didn't happen, you know, and again, that's the, the Bucks beating the Bucks, And, you know, there's something we're kind of used to. It's like PTSD where you're just used to seeing that over and over again. So, uh, you know, those are the, those are the kind of things that kind of disappointed me. I figured that maybe after four or five games, the Bucks would bring it all together and stop making these backbreaking penalties or backbreaking mistakes that lead to, to other issues. So, uh, just where they are right now, I'm I'm hoping that they're figuring in figuring this out, and uh, this is going to tell you a lot about the team and the coaching staff these next three games. Well, some people on the outside may say, "Oh, these are all easy games to win," but no, no game is really easy if you're the defending Super Bowl champs, and I will say that. Yeah, let me uh, let me ask you this: Do you have any questions for us about this matchup coming? Yeah, up? absolutely. Um, I'm real curious about the That's my interview off. question. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I took it. What's up? <laughs> so, uh, with with the running game, how on a scale of one to ten, I'm going to start with you, Cody. How yep. how confident are you with the Carolina Panthers running game? Uh, is and Christian McCaffrey is he out for the season? Yeah, he's out for the season on IR, second season in a row that he's missed most of the football games this year. Surprisingly enough, I think we're going to be okay. I mean, I really like what we've seen from Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. They're a good one-two punch. Chuba Hubbard has come on strong. He's a violent runner. You know, once he gets going downhill, you know, he really is a strong football player. Um, And then Amir Abdullah, not only is he a good runner with good vision, but he really, you know, makes up for that passing running back that we've been – Missing so much with um, Christian McCaffrey. One of the big caveats to that, though, Gene, and, you know, we're not just being, you know, fans that are overreacting here. 
the Carolina Panthers legitimately have one of the worst offensive lines in football. I mean, if you've been following, and I know Tony, yeah, it's like uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer worthy, uh, you know, in your dog, you know, those years that you old were old school Tampa, where uh, where you thought I was even being a little crazy talking about our offensive line and how bad it sucked, and you were like, you should check out ours. It's that bad, bro. It's that bad. So, so what about the the the, the wide receivers? I've, I've seen DJ Moore, and. Uh, He's been the stone-handed devil this year. And and is he is he turning that around? Tony, I'll let you go on DJ Moore. Why don't, why don't you let uh, him? You know what? I feel like DJ Moore has just uh, gotten uh, beat up um, under his entire career of playing backup quarterbacks and, and that lead him into the middle of the field to get wrecked. And, like, I feel like he just does more. He wants to go home at this point. Like, I mean, it's just like, uh, why do I got to go put my body out on the line that much? Uh, no, the the Panthers um, uh, receivers are fine. Um, and when I say fine, that's all they are. They're not great. They're not bad. Uh, Robbie Anderson has actually been the most disappointing. Um, a lot of drops early in the season. Look, as DJ goes out there and fights each week, you know what I mean? He's not like, he gets it done. Um, for me, when it comes into this game right here like just going back to the run game i will say this is chuba hubbard man has got the fumbles bro every time he goes to the ground i wonder if the ball comes loose swear to god i think it's like i'm just like i might be thinking it into existence he can't catch the ball uh that's fine uh like you said the butcher is straight um but here's the deal is that you want to know anything when it comes to all of this, like the answers to the questions about the run game, the questions about our receivers, all circle back to one man, one number, number one, Cam Newton, sadly, still this. And not sadly, I love this, but still, it's like Jesus is like uh, the more things change, the more they say the same. If our running game is going to be effective, it's because Cam Newton is effective with his legs. If our passing game is effective, it's going to be because Cam Newton fucking survives this shit show of an offensive line, this shit show of a coaching staff and overcomes his own inadequacies at this point in his career. He's got his own things to overcome internally. I guess you would say it all comes back. And it's like, he is our soul. He's like our, our son that we orbit around. And that is Cam Newton. Uh, the run game is going to be predominantly um, dependent on him. And my last point about the receivers is this. Jesus Christ, we are going to be playing Sam Darnold in this game. They've already said they want to see him out there. So they are going to suck. They're going to suck. Everybody's going to suck. This right, two we're in a bad place. Two, we're in a bad place, homie. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very I have to ask this, too. Yeah. Um, this, is, this reminds me of the Bucks so much. You're, you're the trenches. Do you feel like yeah. the general manager has adequately addressed the trenches over the past five or six years? Because that's where I'll you give you 10, Gene. We have not. You want to know why we have a shit offensive line? I'll tell you why. Because we haven't invested in it. We haven't invested in it in the draft. We haven't invested in it in free agency. We have invested too little too late. That's it. I mean, well, right. I, I mean, like, look, even the best names that you could say, Taylor Moten, 
right? The guy that we just extended still mm. was a trade up, our second choice in that draft. We got uh, we got outbid on somebody. We had to settle for him. On top of that, uh, that's he was a second round pick. We have not had a first round pick for the Carolina Panthers on the offensive line since two thousand and eight, bro. Yeah, and uh, no, I would be pissed about that because that's you just do it every three years. You should pick an offensive lineman in the well, first and, round. And Dean, you know what's even you know what's even more infuriating about it. So I was telling you earlier, we drafted a guy in the third round named Brady Christensen, P, uh, PFS highest rated left tackle out of BYU. Matt Rule refuses to give him meaningful snaps th- this year. Then we luck up and get a steal later in the draft in Deontay Brown, the guard from Alabama. And barely, I believe he's only played one true snap this season. So we're over here, like, looking at these two young guys, wishing that they would have gotten more playing time, still wishing that they will get more playing time. And now That's we're next thinking, year. And now we're thinking we don't even know what we have in these guys. Now we're having to push our evaluation of them off into next year, thus impeding, you know, the decision-making process on what we're going to do on the offensive line this year. Are we going to draft an offensive tackle? We only have one pick in the top 100 picks, so we don't even have a bunch of picks. Free agency, normally top-flight offensive linemen don't hit the free agency market because teams pay them. You pay your good offensive linemen. So we're just kind of spinning our wheels here, Gene, at the offensive line position. And that's why if you've been on Twitter, there's such a fervor behind the firing of Matt Rule because Panther fans feel like he has just so badly mismanaged this football team this season. And we're a bad idea to bring him in. To begin with, I mean, you, you yes. have, you know, you what? Have, it's just a disaster. It turned out to be a disaster. his body of work because I was, I was all for Matt rule coming in. I felt like if all the players bought into what he was doing, I felt like, you know, okay, you guys, you know, that's normally how a, a, a good team gets started because everybody buys into what, what's going on, but just some of the missed calls, uh, the clock management, uh, some of the play calling that I've seen personally. It's not like, even that, Gene. It's the inexperience on the other side for him. Like, it's like the player personnel part. The It's not even, I mean, like the football side, yeah. Man, we could nitpick every single damn thing in a football game, right? Is that? But at the end of the day, a lot of it comes down to big plays, what you know three or four plays like i mean so like i i don't even want to throw anybody under the bus when it comes to like oh we could have done this we could have done that even though matt rule will do that he will throw somebody under the bus for one play but my what i'm just saying is this is it just inexperience man Uh that's what it really comes down to and it's not just football inexperience it's like the nfl is its own thing It's is and that's the found out the the hard way about that one. And I don't I think it's the people he surrounded himself were not. They were too. Where I was going to too. That's really it is. It's not about just having. So here's the thing, Gene, and I've said this a billion times on our podcast, and that is, um, it's not just bringing in a college coach that's daunting, right? It's like, I mean, look, there have been a few college coaches that have worked: Pete Carroll, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, maybe now. Um, there's a couple other John Harbor, you know, I mean, there's a couple of names. 
Here's the thing, though, is that we tried to do too much new at once. We had a new coach who had never been in the NFL. He brings in an offensive coordinator who had never been an offensive coordinator, right, uh, who brought in a quarterback who was a Teddy Bridgewater. It's like new, 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 new. And then it turns out nobody knew what to fucking do. And it's kind of like uh, when somebody important at a job leaves or whatever, you know, you can replace leadership people in this and that, but it's harder to replace the fucking person that knows how to run the basic programs that get you through the day, like the administrative assistant. You And you just described the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2010 uh, when Raheem Morris was the head coach and no experience. And then you look at the, the team themselves. There were no veterans on that team. It was just a rudderless ship. And so I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Is there a way to fix this to where you keep him or do you feel like they just move on from him after the season's over? Cody? I mean, listen, I didn't think before the start of this season that we would be talking about coaching fires. I, I, I didn't think that, you know, I thought for sure Matt Rule was going to get a third year. Uh, and, you know, if you look at what he did at Temple and Baylor, the third year, that's when he's able to turn things around. But, man, just seeing how bad we've, you know, how bad they are at evaluating this 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 coaching staff, whether it be not wanting to bet big on a quarterback in the draft, then wanting to go get Sam Darnold, who has been an absolute nightmare, and all the $18 million is going to be worth next season. But then, you know, Gene, last year, there was a bunch of Panther games that were close, that yeah. we lost. And we thought, oh, okay, we're moving in the right direction. If we get a little bit better, man, that puts us over the edge. Maybe this is a playoff football team. That's what we all thought at the start of the season. But for us to have lost every game against the NFC East, a.k.a. the NFC least, then for us to lose to Miami, and, you know, we've it's been so disappointing yeah. I'm I'm really I, I think Matt Rule has revealed himself to me. And even though I do think he'll get another year, I do think that David Tepper is not gonna be able to swallow that pill and admit that he's the one that made the wrong decision in hiring Matt Rule. But I do think that it's something that needs to happen. And frankly, I hope it does. I want us to move forward with this coaching position now is this something where you blow the whole thing up i mean gm and everything and just not start- well we don't know that our gm is new it would say we built backwards we built and we brought in a coach then a gm so we're gonna fire the coach and then the gm no i think that the gm has his tenure's too short to fire him so i think he would be part of hiring a new coach i am of the opinion that matt rule cannot come back next year and um what I want people to do is that when they tell me that I'm wrong on this is that you tell me why he should come back. We mortgage the future, right? Like we've, we've squandered our future. Like we've struck out in so many ways. The team is lost. Um, so no, I don't think he should be the coach in the future. And Gene, we're going to, we're, we're kind of running low on time right, here. No worries. So here we're going to do is this is we're going to cover the last two topics of the beat check, which are going to be internal Panthers discussions, but you can hang out and talk with them. 
talk with us about the two top storylines that are floating around for the Carolina Panthers. That's right. Every Wednesday night we check the beat or we check the top stories with a, um, a beat writer, a podcaster from the opposing team this week. It is Gene Thomas from Buck What You Heard uh, as we host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we also look at the top storylines for the Carolina Panthers. And we've talked about the Pro Bowl snub one, number two, and probably and arguably is the number one story. And that is news that Sam Darnold is back at practice, full pads, throwing, and now the Carolina Panthers want to or have said that they are going to start Cam Newton but expect Sam Darnold to see some time in this game as well as Matt Rule on record saying he wants to give Sam Darnold a chance to show that he can be an NFL quarterback. Cody Lashney, the two-quarterback system, lives in Carolina. Matt Rule lives and dies by Sam Darnold. Is he a fool? Yeah, he's a fool. I mean, what other NFL team have you ever known to be truly successful running a two-quarterback system? I mean, this part it goes into what I was saying. Matt Rule puts all of his players in positions to fail. Uh, I mean, you know, Cam Newton had to come in in the middle of the season. He's still trying to get on rhythm with his receivers. You fired the offensive coordinator. We all know that Joe Brady was the fall guy. At this point, like, I mean, my thing when it comes to this quarterbacking decision is that you're doing none of these guys any service. Like, uh, why why do you need to see Sam Darnold? What more do you need to see from him now that you didn't already see earlier this year? I'll tell you exactly what it is. Matt Rule bet big time on Sam Darnold. That was his restoration project. They thought they were going to trade for some used goods from the New York Jets. They were going to be able to turn them around, and it would be the success story of the NFL. Look how good our coaches are. Well, it didn't turn out that way. And now that it didn't turn out that way, Matt Rule is trying to force this to happen. And, you know, Gene, the Panther fans, you know, we know Cam Newton isn't our future, but most Panther fans certainly want to see Cam Newton over Sam Darnold. Either of them are going to be set up for failure behind this offensive line. But especially if Cam Newton came back just to be benched in favor of Sam Darnold, Panther fans are not going to be happy about it. And we're already not. So, so real quick, when you, you know, in you're, you're talking about this, um, are you forced, are you kind of stuck with Sam Darnold next year too? So, yeah, I mean, unless we're able to trade him, which, and God bless us. I don't know what NFL team is trading for Sam Darnold at this point in time, but um, he's going to be $18 million against our cap next year because we've decided that it would be prudent to pick up his fifth year option that way in case Sam Darnold balled out this year and was so good for us. We would have another year to be able to, you know, kick, kick the can down the road on paying him franchise quarterback money. Yikes, what a mistake what that has a been. Bumbling mess. This was turned out. You should have just seen if he worked. Again, this is the same problem. You can't learn from your mistakes, folks. You signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three year deal. 
when he had only played five games with the Saints. He played, let him play once. Look, one and done, help me. Pay him a respectable amount, one and done. And if they're good enough, then sign them. Have some guts then. Not this man is the kicking the can down the road. I tell you, this is um, the one other thing to mention is that if Cam Newton is not part of Carolina's future next year, this would be his final game in Bank of America. And imagine, imagine being, this is why I think each and every week where I ask someone to tell me why Matt Rule should be the coach next year is that he's going to stake his hill. He's going to die on the hill of Cam Newton's last home game. And he's going to say, well, I got to see some more Sam Darnold, but we can't see Brady Christensen. We can't see. They ain't ready. We can't see these. All right, man. I'm telling you, Matt rule is a fool. And I'm, and it's, and it's hard. I hate to be like that about somebody because I just want you to give me something to love, something to like, and each each and every week, one other thing happens. One more thing happens where he stumbles, fumbles. Like it's, it's like you telling your kid, you're like, I'm going to let you go do this because I, I trust you. I'm going to give you another opportunity. Screw the last one. I'm going to give you, I believe in you. I believe in you. I want to believe in you. I want to, and guess what they do? They screw it up. Well, guess what also happened? The Carolina Panthers screw up a fourth and one play this past week. Or I mean, we didn't have a kicker. We were against and on the road in Buffalo. It's a tough matchup as it well. We didn't have a field goal kicker. We were going to have to be going for it on fourth down a lot. On fourth and one, uh-huh. trying to make the most of it, the Carolina Panthers throw a bubble screen to a wide receiver. It's all blown up from the beginning. It's awful on all realms. One, two, three. The you know, I guess the only thing that was good about it was is it wasn't picked for a touchdown. Pick six is that it was just a throw that looked it just looked awful. After the game, Matt Rule comes out and says that Cam Newton made the wrong play. He had the wrong read that he should have either handed it off or ran himself. The next day he comes out to the media and says, after looking at the film, he can see why Cam did it, but still the better option would have been to run this and that today. The new storyline comes out, Cody Lashney, that he has gone and taught the Cam Newton and is now taking ownership of it. Of getting it wrong to begin with, yeah, getting the play wrong, getting the analysis wrong, and getting Cam Newton wrong. He has now said he's apologized. This is the last and most important storyline here, and again, a fig leaf waving in the wind, dude. So, is it possible? And and you guys can, I know you're gonna you're gonna tell me no, but was this offense built? on the preface that um, Christian McCaffrey is healthy and playing in it. Is that a fact? But it's also wasn't built. It was also built with the stupid idea that anybody would be good. Even Christian McCaffrey behind a bunch of bums on the offensive line. Okay. That's the thing is that Christian McCaffrey would help, but it wouldn't be a solution. It would be a fix, not a solution. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a shame that so much of our offense is built around one player. I mean, literally, it's built around Christian McCaffrey. That's that's irresponsible. Yeah, and Cam Irving made the joke earlier this season when uh, Christian went down the first time. Uh, He's like, yeah, we'll be all right. We're not the Carolina Christian McCaffreys. 
Well, could have fooled the shit out of me, dude, <laughs> because it really seems like we are. Um, and, and also, like the the amount of money that we're paying him now, the amount of games that he's missed, and, and then you know to go back to what we were talking about with with Matt Rule taking opportunities to throw these snide remarks and throw players under the bus like veterans, like Cam Newton. It doesn't ingratiate you to your players as a leader. Or the fans. Yeah. Yeah, we have have questioned his authenticity. We've questioned his character. All the things that we were actually sold as me and Matt Rule's strengths have turned out to be failings at this point. And I don't want to be too hard. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we make mistakes as humans. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. you're in the moment. You do this and that. But what he is not, no, like, there was no, like you said, the initial thing you said, Gene, was is you don't say that. No, that should be all be you don't in say, house. That should yeah, be you don't in say house. that. Yeah, you don't say that. That you don't pick people that are to blame at that point. And he's picked favorites. He's picked Baylor players. He's picked Temple players. He's played favorites. He's played favorites all day. And it turns out this lifeboat is too full. He threw Joe Brady out. The whole boat's going down. He's tried to throw Cam out. Turns out Cam was too heavy for him to throw out. (laughs) And now he's grabbing onto a Sam Darnold life vest which is not rated for safety. Yeah, it's full of bricks. Yeah. All right, um, guys, we have uh, – this is the C3 Beat Check, and we've had a good show. Uh, Cody, let's tease uh, tomorrow's debate my take. We had a heated debate that we recorded right before this show. Tell them some of the topics that we argued over. Oh, yeah, listen, we're already talking about who our preference for head coach is – in the event that Matt Rule is fired, I won this did, one, bro. No, you down. did not. I took the side of our next head coaches to be Eric Bianami. Tony Dunn wants to go backward and hire Greg Roman. Needless to say, I schooled him on that topic. Uh, is Matt Rule lying about the decisions and, uh, you know, uh, lying about covering up uh, his own inadequacies on this football team? Who's the most disappointing Panther player in 2021. How will Brady Christensen fare against the Tampa Bay Bucks? And then here's the most fun one that we did. Pick any all-time Panther player to help you in a street fight. Kevin Green. Oh, that was on that was a notable mention. He didn't get that it, was. but that that's a good one. Gene could get up in this discussion. <laughs> yeah, we have we did a uh a fun show. It's going to be fun when that when that premieres. Check that out. I like that. We'll drop that tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Debate my take. You can suggest our debate topics. Um, I was a little disappointed we did not uh, do Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, but everybody knows it is. It is, 100%. Uh, yeah, it meets Rolling all the criteria. All the criteria. Ho, ho, ho. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, hashtag C3 debates and debate C3 debate my take and uh, suggest debate topics for next week's show. Uh, I want to thank Gene Thomas and wish you a Merry Christmas, man. Thanks for coming on the beat check tonight. Uh, tell them how they can find you on Twitter and on the interwebs with your podcast. 
Oh yeah, you can you can go out to uh, YouTube. You can find Ad Buck what you heard. Uh, give me a subscribe. I would appreciate it. You're always welcome in the chat. It doesn't matter what your team is. You're always welcome, and I'll make sure you don't ever get disrespected. Uh, that's what I like to do. I believe the NFL. Say your thing. Follow me. Fo you follow me. I follow you back. Oh yeah, yeah. And on Twitter, hit me up at Buck what you heard. You follow me. I will follow you back. I love that. It's a good line. It's just got good flow. My man, Gene, thanks so much for coming on the beat check. Cody Lack, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. All of my written content uh, is at drafttech.com, where I'm the analyst for the Carolina Panthers, writing first and second round comments. And, uh, Gene, you're invited to this too, man. Every Friday at 7 p.m., we do a Friday free-for-all. Where literally anyone and everyone can come on the show. I'll post the link to the stream yard in the chat room, in the link to uh, in the description box. That way, anyone can come and talk football, talk about the Carolina Panthers, talk about the upcoming matchup. We have a fantastic time, a fantastic group of discussions. Come join the cult of free for all every Friday at seven p.m. Man, we're having a good time. I will be there. Nice. Thank you, guys. Man, the people in the chat got so many good suggestions. Make sure you get in the comments. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Smash the thumbs up button. It's free. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever your religious or non-religious flavor is. Just remember, the Saints fucking suck. <laughs> You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.